0: One, two, three, four. Welcome to the X Plus One podcast, where we meet you where you are with Jesus Christ and seek to take you one step closer to Him. I'm your host, Luke Metzler, and welcome to the third episode in our series on disciplines of quiet time. And I gotta say, this one's kind of special because I have two. Count it, two special guests. I have a dog to my right, Skye. She's looking at me with the same face that she always has, so I can't really tell if that's an encouraging look, a somber look, a depressed look, a joyous look. I have no idea because she she has the same stoic look on her face all the time. And to my left, I have another dog, Teddy, who is asking me to rub her belly at the moment. Hey, Teddy. Hey, buddy. And she's going to be distracting me and encouraging me. Aw. Aw, thanks, Teddy. She is so cute. This is, this is one of those moments where I wish I could video record these podcasts that you could see kind of all that's going on around me. But I have two amazing dogs, and they're joining me and also distracting me on today's discipline of, of quiet time. And speaking of, let's get to that. In the first episode of this series, we talked about what? We talked about the discipline of reading to behold glory. And in the last episode, we talked about the discipline of meditation meditation memorization or what I call M&M. And on today's episode, I want to talk about the third discipline of our quiet time, and that's the discipline of prayer. Now, before I continue, I do want to say if you've enjoyed these episodes, if you've enjoyed this series, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it if you were to share this with someone who you think would enjoy it just as much as you. I'd also appreciate it if you were to leave a rating as well. I really have spent a lot of time in preparation for this series, and it would mean the absolute world to me if you were to rate or to share this podcast. Now, that said, if you can time travel back with me a ways to the first episode of this series, you'll remember that we separated quiet time into three foundational aspects. To be, to behold, and to become. And in the first few episodes of this series, I've honed in specifically on the beholding aspect, the second aspect of quiet time. But in the next few episodes, I want to focus on the first foundational aspect, which is to be. With God, Because before we can do any beholding of the Lord, before we can read to behold glory, before we can meditate and memorize God's word, we have to be with him first. And there is no better way, absolutely no better way to be with God than in prayer. Now I gotta admit, before I get started, I have a confession to make. I gotta confess that prayer for, for a long time has been one of my weakest spiritual disciplines. And I don't know if anyone can relate, but... For the longest time for me, nothing was appealing about my time and prayer. My prayer life was honestly just really dry. It was very ritualistic, you know, with the the same prayer before eating food, you know, please bless this food and nourish my body, and a prayer always before bed, which is <laughs> kind of funny because I was always like half awake for that anyway, and I also felt like my prayers were very selfish and that I treated God more like a genie to serve me than a God worthy of my servanthood, and On top of that, and again, I don't know if any of you guys can relate to this, but for the longest time, I struggled to pray for other people. Like someone would ask for prayer, and with good intention, I'd say, yeah, man, I'll be praying for you. But then I never would. I'd forget about it. Or I'd pray for them once or twice, and then I'd forget about it. And then lastly, I must confess that for the longest time, I did not include prayer in my quiet time. My quiet times consisted solely of Bible reading, and if it were to have any prayer, it was of the intensely short category. And maybe that's you too. Maybe you can relate to my struggles with prayer. Maybe your quiet times consist solely of Bible reading. Maybe you would say your prayer life is also one of your weakest spiritual disciplines. Maybe you feel like your prayer life is dry, or maybe you feel like you struggle to pray for others too. Maybe you are consistently in the Word, but you're not consistently on your knees praying to God. And If that's you, hear me, because like I just said, that's been me too. But the Lord has worked on me in my heart, and he's grown me significantly in this spiritual discipline, and I promise that he can for you as well. And so that's what I want to share about today. I want to share what the Lord has brought me to do regarding prayer in my quiet times that has helped transform my prayer life for something that is very, very dry to a fountain of life. So let's talk about it. Prayer as part of your quiet time. There's a famous quote from A.W. Tozer where he said, we go astray when we attempt to do spiritual work without spiritual power. Now, I believe that I may be wrong, but I believe Tozer said this quote in regards to preaching. However, the principle is true of our quiet times as well. And the reason why it's true is because we cannot even begin to understand anything divine, that is, anything of God, unless something else that is divine reveals it to us. That's why it's foolish for us to do the spiritual work of quiet time without spiritual power, because we cannot even begin to understand God's word or anything about his character or his presence without that being revealed to us by his Holy Spirit. Put simply, we need divinity to reveal divinity to us. Take the story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24 as an example. Jesus is just resurrected from the dead at this point, and he begins to walk with these two men, yet the scriptures say that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Then by the end of their conversation in Jesus' breaking of bread, Scripture says in verse 31 that their eyes were opened and they recognized him. So in that story, the two disciples, they were unable to recognize someone divine, that someone being Jesus, until someone divine, again, that someone being Jesus, revealed it to them. And I also want you to take into account that these two men believed in Jesus. These weren't unbelievers blinded by the God of this world. These were two men who fully believed in And followed Jesus, and yet even their eyes were closed to the divinity of Jesus until Jesus opened them. Now, you might be wondering where I'm going with this. Like, what does all this mean regarding prayer and our quiet time? Well, it it means that we cannot behold the glory of God unless God opens our eyes. We cannot behold the beauty and glory of His divine word unless His divine spirit reveals it to us. In other words, we stand absolutely no chance, no chance of reading God's word and understanding, no chance of beholding it, no chance of grasping his character, his love, his presence, no chance at all unless God himself helps us and reveals himself to us. Because like I said earlier, we can't do it ourselves. We need divinity to reveal divinity to us. So with that in mind, what is it that most people do when something is too great for them to accomplish in their own might. What is it that most people do when they realize their own self-sufficiency won't work? Better yet, what is it that most people do when they're in a situation that requires divine intervention? They pray. When people are in a situation that requires divine intervention, they pray. And I want you to understand on this podcast today that that is what our quiet times need. They need divine intervention from God to reveal Himself to us to help them to help us understand his word, and to help us comprehend his character and his love for us. Because without that, without divine intervention, we're just lost. We're lost. We're helpless. And so if that's what our quiet times need, if they need divine intervention from God to reveal himself to us, then that also means they need prayer from us for God to do that. Now, there are quite a few prayers in Scripture that encapsulate all that I just said, perhaps none more exemplary than the one in Psalm 119, verse 18. In that verse, the psalmist prays, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. In this verse, the psalmist acknowledges that their eyes are closed to the wondrous things in Scripture, so they pray for God to open them. And if you look closely, you'll see that word behold again in that prayer. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Now, I direct your attention to that because the psalmist here is showing us something. He's showing us that prayer comes before beholding. That means prayer comes before we read the word of God and prayer comes before we meditate on and memorize it. Because again, we, we cannot behold the glory of God unless God himself opens our eyes. And we certainly cannot do spiritual things without spiritual power. So for me, this is a prayer that I pray close to daily before my quiet time. I pray for God to, to open my eyes so that I might behold wondrous things out of his word. And essentially what that prayer is, is it's an acknowledgement and a confession that I just cannot behold God. I cannot behold him. I cannot behold his word. I cannot understand it. I cannot understand him without God himself opening my eyes to it. And I would encourage you to do the same. I would encourage you to pray Psalm 119, 18 before your quiet time. God delights in revealing himself to you and he wants to open your eyes. And from personal experience, I can testify that God has always answered this prayer for me and that my times in the word have become so much more fruitful because of it. Now there's another prayer very similar to the one in Psalm 119, and it comes from Paul in Ephesians chapter 1. And in that chapter, he prays for the church of Ephesus, starting in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Boom. Stop right there. This opening to Paul's prayer reflects the psalmist's prayer in Psalm 119. Because think about it. Why would, why would Paul be praying for God to give the Ephesians the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him if they were able to do that themselves? Again, they couldn't and we can't either. We cannot come to greater knowledge of Christ without God giving us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, which, and I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but I want you to get it. That means we cannot behold the glory of God unless God opens our eyes. Again, it means we stand no chance of reading his word and understanding it, no chance of beholding it, no chance of grasping his character, his love, or his presence, no chance at all unless we have divine intervention from God to help us and reveal himself to us. Now Paul continues his prayer in that next verse, verse 18, praying that God would have the eyes of their hearts enlightened, that they may know the hope to which he has called him. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward the ones who believe? And here we continue to see this this theme of eyes being opened because Paul is praying for the eyes of the Ephesians hearts to be enlightened, which the Hebrew word there used for enlightened means to give light to, to illuminate, or to make visible. So Paul is praying for God to give light to the eyes of the heart so the church of Ephesus can see or know three things. One, the eternal hope that they have in him, which is their salvation. Two, that they may know the greatness of God's inheritance in his people, which this one may be confusing because oftentimes we think of our heavenly inheritance in God, which is true, but Here, Paul is praying that the people would know just how much God delights in and loves his people, calling us, calling the church of Ephesus, his own inheritance. And three, Paul is praying for the church to see and know the immeasurable power they have supporting them. Paul wants the church to know just how great the power of God is toward those who believe in him. In other words, to sum all that up and make that prayer as simple and general as possible, because I know it can be confusing, Paul is praying for God to open the eyes of the Ephesians' hearts so that they can see him for who he really is. That's the heart of the prayer. For God to open the eyes of our heart so that we can see him for who he really is. It reminds me of that song by Michael W. Smith, Open the Eyes of My Heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. It reminds me of that song because that song comes from this prayer Paul's in Ephesians 1. We need God to open the eyes of our heart, to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him so that we can behold him, so that we can come to know him more deeply and more intimately. Now lastly, I want to close by by looking at and pointing you to the prayer life of Jesus. Time and time and time again in scripture, we see Jesus up early praying to the Father. Jesus loved communing with the Father, and it was the first thing he did every morning. And you see that all throughout the Gospels, Jesus up early in prayer. And what I find so fantastic and so fascinating about that, which I'm sure I've said before, and I'll say it again, is that Jesus, of all people, had no need to pray. He was the Son of God who could call angels down from heaven at any moment. He could turn water into one, wine. He could even turn grass to gold if he wanted to. Point is, Jesus had zero reason to pray, yet he prayed more than anyone to ever walk this earth. And if someone who had no need for prayer prayed that much, how much more should we? I think, and granted this is my personal conviction, but I, I find it most spiritually fulfilling and edifying to have prayer be the first and last thing that you do every day. And also the first and last thing you do every quiet time. And for me, that conviction is based on the life of Jesus, the life that he lived as described in scripture. And so that's how I operate. I have a journal in which I write down at the top every day, prayer with a semicolon followed by read with a semicolon followed by m M&M m with a semicolon. And I go in that order, prayer first, then the reading of the word, and then the meditation and memorization of the word. And then like I said, I close again with prayer every single day. And I truly believe from a biblical standpoint that those three disciplines are the main keys to a great and edifying quiet time, and I would encourage you to do that. And I promise you, if you consistently practice those three disciplines in that order, prayer, reading to behold glory, and then meditation and memorization, you will begin to see your quiet time become noticeably more special and noticeably more fulfilling and edifying. Now, all that said, there's still so much more, I mean, so much more that I want to biblically unpack with you all surrounding our quiet time, and we will cover that in the next few weeks. And there's also so much more that I want to unpack with prayer, and my hope is that at some point in the future, I'll be able to do a series on it, because truly, this is just the tip of the iceberg with prayer, and I think there's so much more to learn, so much more to unpack, and so much more to grow in that area for me, and then I'm sure also for you listening as well, but... but. But, 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 this is me post-recording, and I want to say that I have somebody coming on tomorrow, Mitchell Evans, and he and I are going to unpack prayer a little bit more. So in line with what I said in the recording, I was able to line up a, a cool interview with him. I'm really excited about it, and he has just an amazing perspective on prayer and how much he's grown and how much the Lord's uh, worked in him and his heart, and I'm excited to share that with you all. So tomorrow, Wednesday, there will be a special episode on prayer, specifically praying through the Bible, so stay tuned for that. I love you all. I love making these podcasts. They are such a joy in my life, and I'm so thankful for you all listening, and I will see you tomorrow. God bless.